Hey everyone, thanks for tuning into Fantasy Football with Mozzie and the Muscle. I am the Muscle, aka AJ. And I'm Mozzie, aka Scott. Welcome back, welcome back. Yes, if you uh, tuned in last week, thank you. That was our first go-around. We're going to hopefully try to improve each and every episode. So today there's a lot to get into, especially with the trade deadline. A lot of action this time. Yeah, it kind of went crazy. So yeah, let's start uh, things off. I want to ask you, what'd you see this week, man? There was, there was a lot of good stuff, a lot of bad. The, the weather definitely affected some performances. So, you know, if one of your guys didn't do as well as you hoped, especially in, you know, Falcons-Jets games, uh, Bucks-Panthers, <laughs> Niners-Eagles, those three games, um, and the Pats won some too, were really, really affected by the weather. So don't, you know, if, I mean, Matt Ryan's struggling a bit, but um, if, if some of your players are a little underperformed, don't, don't put a ton of stock into it. I mean, some, but I mean, you have to adjust based on the situation. It, like, if a quarterback's O-line is all missing, a.k.a. Kirk Cousins, it's going to mm. be a down weekend. You're going to know why, but you're not going to expect if they come back. As far as, you know, some some great stuff we saw, one surprise, I mean, we expect some more performance, but Juju Smith-Schuster to lead off our studs and duds section. Juju Ooh. was some, that was some it, good Juju. Um, yeah, he was electric out there. Yeah, right? if any of you, yeah, if any of you picked him up and started him, uh, definitely a great choice. So Scott, I want to get your thoughts on this. What do you what do you think of Juju the rest of the way? You know, he's actually, believe it or not, reminding me of that that one year Martavis Bryant kind of joined the mix, <laughs> which is kind of ironic for obvious reasons. It's just, uh, you know, he's not even really the boomer bust now at this point. He's starting to become really a key part of the offense. And what we saw with Martavis a few years ago is he'd. Uh, He'd get his touchdown, but he'd be part of the game plan. And it kind of looks like Juju has replaced him in that sense, doesn't it? Yeah, and Mike Tomlin's kind of a, a no BS type of guy. And you, you can tell, I mean, especially where he freaking benched Martavis Bryant um, for the yeah. game. But he he definitely likes Juju. Even before this week, um, Juju was only behind Antonio Brown and red zone targets on the Steelers. So just goes to show that they do they do trust him for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, their tight ends are pretty lackluster. Outside of Antonio Brown and Love Bell, he's kind of their only guy. And I know Martavius Bryant will come back. I mean, we assume will come back um, as long as he can stay off the weed. In words of Stephen <laughs> A. Smith, um, stay off the Twitter too. Come oh on. gosh, yeah, and the Instagram and all that social media. Anyway, anyway. Um, athletes need to stay off social media a little more than they do, unless unless they're a great follow like Juju is. Um, if you follow his Twitter and Instagram, it's pretty right, entertaining. Pat McAfee. <laughs> oh man, Pat McAfee's a great one too. But with Juju, um, I I think this is a start of a trend. Obviously, you don't expect this every week. He's not going to get almost a hundred yard touchdown every single week. But th- this is definitely the start of a guy you can look into, especially if you're in a league where. Um, you know the keeper cost is determined on the draft costs or whatever that that could really boost him too but he's definitely a guy who i think is a wide receiver three flex going forward yeah 100 percent um moving on to um a running back stud mm. well, sean mccoy aka shady as every um old broadcaster likes to call him to sound cool um after his uh bye week he's been killing it i mean and his, his schedule is not hard going forward he's definitely a guy you can anchor in and honestly, I think um, we'll talk about it more later. The addition of Calvin Benjamin probably helps him more. Yeah, and as long as LaShawn McCoy is running the ball as effectively as he had, um, that 
the Bills are going to continue to roll. His his next three games, he's got Jets, Saints, Chargers. Um, I mean, especially the Chargers the easy match. But he, he he doesn't have any hard games un- unless the Patriots are putting their defense together. The rest of his schedule is pretty cake. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely your rock going forward, at least for the Bills as well as your fantasy team. That uh, offense kind of relies on him, you know. Yeah, and with him, I you, you keep him. I don't think you sell high. This is what you drafted him for. He, right. he's, he's someone you need to trust going forward. And with Juju, I, I think I keep him too unless I can get some insane value on him. Yeah, no, absolutely. I wouldn't sell Juju Smith-Schuster um, mostly unless you could really get something for him because he's not going to have the same 32-point fantasy performance most likely going forward but you can expect that he's going to end up around like that 15th number 16 wide receiver i think by the end of the year i i agree um next up do you want to bring us a quarterback stud um there were only a couple options this week yeah i mean if you're looking for a quarterback stud you only have to look as far as the houston and the seattle game both quarterbacks decided to throw for 400 yards and combine for about (laughs) almost 70 points worth in fantasy. It was ridiculous showing from both of them. Richard Sherman said that Deshaun Watson was the best quarterback he's faced, I believe. And uh, I, I can believe it. He was unfazed throughout that matchup. He did throw three picks, but it it is the Seattle defense. They both lit it up. So I'm going to leave it to Deshaun Watson as the stud this week. I don't think everybody expected him to do as well as he did in Seattle on that on that turf yeah i i agree and this this was really his prove it game going into seattle 19 of 30 400 yards four touchdowns and i'm really gonna say two picks that that third one was kind of a yeah. hail mary that didn't really matter i mean it cost you like a couple like a point or two depending on your league but right i mean this is something you'll take and the rushing yardage is there i think he was i think he's the first quarterback ever i'm not positive but i think i heard the stat where the first quarterback to pass for 400 and a run for 50, which, I mean, sounds right. I could, I, I believe that. Right. I don't, I can't imagine. I mean, it's possible Cam Newton had something like that, but I don't think Cam Newton's ever had 400, I'll be honest. No, yeah, this is, uh, and like this is schedule going forward with Deshaun. Um, I know that, so that's something I like to look for, especially as we move towards the end of the year, um, kind of playoff time coming up. Obviously, unless you, unless you've got Russ or Brady, there's, you're probably starting Watson every week. He's got, uh, pretty good matchups. Baltimore week 12 is kind of tough. And then he's got Jacksonville in week 15 and Pittsburgh in week 16, which scares you a little bit for the fantasy playoffs. But I yeah, mean, I mean, he went into Seattle and, and kicked butt. I, I don't think there's any reason to be too scared. No, it looks like he can go up against the best. Seattle, if anything, has a great secondary. Earl Thomas, obviously, and Michael Bennett and Richard Sherman. He torched him. I, I threw a couple picks, but... He stayed on his feet and he kept throwing. He made adjustments. This guy is the real deal. We said it last week and it's it has not changed since. I agree. And then lastly for a tight end stud, Ooh. Travis Kelsey. Um, <laughs> I mean, this this is what you drafted him for. Um you stay with him. I part of me wants to, you know, sell high, but there's there are no tight ends you can trust. And right. I mean, unless you've got like Unless you got lucky, well, not lucky, I'll say, but unless you um, stumbled into Cameron Braid or Evan Ingram, um, like as a late tight end, because if you got Kelsey, you didn't grab another tight end at all or until very late. Um, right, absolutely. So I, I think you're just holding on to Kelsey, play them every week, um, and ride in that wave. 
yeah, he uh, he had a great little performance there. Another tight end while we're on it, Jack Doyle did extremely well, which is he's his name's <laughs> kind of been up and down, you know, going into the year. There were people who thought he'd be the number one tight end, and then he kind of did all right, and he stunk it up for a bit. Now he seems to have a bit of a rapport with Mr. Jacoby Brissett. I'm not going to say he's going to get 30 points from here on out, but with T.Y. sort of lacking, he's starting to be their, one of their top uh, targets. Yeah, he's definitely the, the safety valve um, for sure. Yes. And starting Jack Doyle, I mean, unlike um, a doily, which his name sounds like, it's not it's not pretty. <laughs> you don't, you don't want to start him. Um, but... I mean, he's effective as long as um, Indy is, well, Terrible. Indy, um, <laughs> he's going to be necessary. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, we could also, there's one other guy I wanted to bring up on along with Deshaun Watson. Will Fuller really surprised me this week. I mean, this was a prove-it game for Watson. I did not think Will Fuller was going to match up well against Seattle. He's not the tallest guy. They have a big secondary, and he continued to just absolutely dominate with the connection he has with Watson. Yeah, I, I, I agree. So I guess Fuller's a good guy to talk about here because, I mean, everyone's saying, you know, his production's not sustainable. And even before this week, his production's not sustainable. But uh, lo and behold, he, he's sustained it um, somehow. He, I mean, he got five receptions, which is better than his two and two in <laughs> right. the previous three weeks. But I... I think if you can trade high on Will Fuller, like if you can get, like if you're able to get Tyreek Hill out of Will Fuller, duh, you, you do it. Or if you can get a good running back for Will Fuller, you, you do it. If I've got him, I'm, I'm, I'm torn. Like I'm fielding offers, but you, you probably want to play him. I mean, he got eight targets this past week, which is um, a season high. But you, yeah. you, you don't want to expect two touchdowns every week. That's not sustainable. Every every player returns to, you know, the average at some point. Yeah, and you're absolutely right in that regard. It's just, I mean, what is he? He has like a seven touchdowns on 11 catches or something along those lines. It's it's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, let's see. He's got 13 receptions and seven touchdowns. So right. <laughs> more than every other catch, it's a touchdown. <laughs> That's <laughs> insane. Yeah, it's not sustainable. You can expect that one week he might he might get zero points one week straight up. He might just not have the ball thrown to him, but he can also get 32. So <laughs> if you can call the matchup, yeah, stick with him. Yeah, it happens. Um, so moving on to some duds. Um, one that I, I think I called last week where I'd said if Norman was going to play, Dez was a sit. And mm-hmm. uh Nailed that one, but I mean, that's something we've seen his whole career. Dez has struggled with really top notch corners. I mean, the average, below average ones, he just dominates. But mm-hmm. if someone, especially like Norman, who can get in his head, you know, we've seen Dez, the emotional guy he is um, on the field in a, in a good way, usually. Yeah. He, um, he can sometimes struggle with that. But I think with Dez, um, this could be a really good buy low opportunity Ooh. because so his next, his next three games, Casey, Atlanta, and Philly, um, pretty, pretty good there. Um, and then also with um, Zeke, most likely gone for six games and Cole Beasley concussed, his number is going to be called a lot more. I think this is definitely a time to buy low on this. 
Yeah, I totally agree, like 100%. Dez has this problem. They've talked about it earlier in the year that he sort of has trouble getting separation against those top corners, and he was shut down by Norman. It was also a product of the game. They were just in the lead so much. It just ran with Zeke the rest of the time. But moving forward, the next three, the three defenses you mentioned all have trouble stopping wide receivers, Kansas City and Philly, as well as uh, Atlanta. So he could be in for some pretty big games in the next few weeks. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to having one of my rosters. Um, um, another dud at the running back would mm. be Carlos Hyde. Um, you probably expected it. I mean, I, I had to start him. I, I expected it. There's yeah. there's no reason Philly wasn't gonna bottle them up. They're pretty much the best run defense. Um, I mean, Bether doesn't scare anyone. Um, Breed a vulture to touchdown. I mean, it sucks right. if you had to start him. Um, but he's he's up and down. We've seen him perform really well. We've seen him have some dud games before. So you, you expect it. But um, Garoppolo hopefully helps his value. Now he's not gonna be Garoppolo won't be starting this week, which we'll talk about more. But I think. I mean, especially against Arizona, like Arizona sucks. They yeah. probably start. They're starting either Stanton or Gabbert. Yeah. So, they, especially this week, I think Hyde has um, a good time coming up. I think another buy low candidate as well. Yeah, I actually, just traded for him in my other league. Sat him last week against Philly, but plan on using him fully this week against Arizona. Can you hit me with a quarterback and tight end dud? Yeah, so there were a couple different guys um, for a quarterback that really just. They didn't. I mean, the, it wasn't like unexpected, but Philip yeah. Rivers uh, was a pretty big dud this week, uh, it, and it worries me because I don't think that was a huge problem with the San Diego Chargers, as it might have been with the New England defense starting to figure things out, mm-hmm. which frightens me greatly <laughs> because if New England can start to get their defense together, that is not good for the rest of the AFC and the rest of the league. Uh, so yeah, Philip Rivers had a big dud week. He had only 10 points. And another guy I want to mention is Kirk Cousins. Uh, he also, he was right around the same area as Philip Rivers in most leagues. Uh, he In a game where he was largely throwing, um, especially since they were behind the whole time. So that was kind of surprising. Dallas does not have a great secondary, and he he did not get it done for people this week. Yeah, and I think I mentioned this briefly at the start. Um, he he had most of his O-line missing. Now, I think some will be True. back this week, but True. that was something that worried me. Is I mean, if you're missing three or four offensive linemen, it's going to be tough sledding. And um, Lawrence, uh, or whatever his name is, I can't remember, the, the one uh, younger guy on the Dallas defensive line, he, he's insane. And, I mean, if you put him against – Against the backup, he's gonna break through. Um, Jameis and and Cam in the same game were both some oh, bust God, as yeah. well. And maybe the wind, there was a lot of wind that game had something to do with it. But I mean, the Carolina D is pretty decent. But these these Bucks just aren't aren't good. <laughs> we expected <laughs> so much more for. Maybe it was like yeah. the hard, the curse of the hard knock show. But they they find ways to just beat themselves. Um, Winston just went off. I mean, maybe the shoulder was bothering him more. But this is something, it's kind of concerning because, I mean, he's got kind of an easier schedule going forward. But if I've got Winston, I'm I'm a little worried. I'm kind of looking at possible other options to maybe um, fill in week to week. 
Yeah, I, it was. I mean, he got three point seven points. That game was awful. Mm-hmm. It was pretty much. It was like ten to three until the very end. Cam Newton threw a touchdown to Calvin Benjamin to save his own fantasy into getting him twelve points. But that's still pretty mediocre. Mm-hmm. Both quarterbacks in this game. I don't know if it was the weather, if they just were beating the hell out of each other. It just didn't work. Yeah, but luckily Winston does have a very, very easy schedule rest of season. There's not a single defense on there that scares me remotely. So, Are you uh, buying low on Jameis? Um, I don't know. I, unless I'm in a two-quarterback league, I'm not. Um, I usually don't try to buy on quarterbacks. Um, like I said, maybe if you've got someone you're not too confident in. Like, okay, let's say you've got Wentz and um, you're a little struggling at running back or receiver. If you can pair Wentz and, you know, uh, running back three and get one standard running back two. That that might be worth it. Quarter, quarterback value is a lot more replaceable than running back or receiver value because you usually have to start with quarterback. Uh, there was another quarterback that I did want to briefly mention. That was Drew Brees. And it's not that Drew Brees is bad. It happened last week. It's happened this week. He played a great Chicago defense. He was 23 of 28 in passing attempts. That is an amazing completion percentage. But the reason he's a dud is because they are doing what great teams do and that is that they can win with any reason or method that they need to and right now we are seeing a saints team that can win without drew Brees being the superstar every single time mm-hmm. yeah I, I feel you there and they've got two really good running backs as well so there yes. are, are going to be games where you know Brees doesn't get every touchdown but I mean, it's, it's Drew freaking Breeze. We've seen him start a little slower before, too. Um, I remember, I think it was a couple years ago, he started super slow, and then you had, I think it was 2015, and then uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick and Brandon Marshall, that connection, and I was faced with the conundrum of, um, what, what was it, Fitzpatrick versus the Raiders or Breeze versus the Giants, and I, I chose wrong because Breeze went off for seven touchdowns and 500 yards that game. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, that was that was a reminder to play your studs. Don't don't fall for traps. But we've right. seen Breeze start slow before too. Um not not so much last year but like 2015. Um he started slower than usual then he had that breakout seven touchdown game and was a stud the rest of the year by far. I I don't think you have to worry about Breeze. I'm looking to trade for him in some leagues too just because especially two quarterback leagues. But it, yeah, it's, it's I'm not worried. It was just it's another game where if you drafted him, you know, probably right behind Rodgers and Brady, eleven points is you're not pretty happy. I'm not very happy with that. But I think that'll that'll trend upward. Yeah, not at all. And then um, lastly, with a tight end dud, uh, oh, most of them are duds this week, aside from you know, your usual. <laughs> if they're not Kelsey Gronk or Ertz, their their chance to be a dud is pretty high. Um. Hunter Henry was a dud this week, and I, I like to bring him up because the last three weeks he's been, you know, what you'd hope for drafting him, um, what his potential is, is more towards the ceiling. Is He's a really talented guy, and they've been winning the last three weeks getting him more involved. So you, you kind of expected more. Then they come out against New England, you know, who had been a bad defense. Uh, he only gets 35 snaps, only a couple targets, you know, it's... It's definitely um, a down game. You you, you want to see more involvement in that. Yeah, no. It was was it a product of the Patriots shutting him down, or was it you know the offense not clicking? It's kind of hard to tell. I do like Hunter Henry moving forward. I think that's a really bad matchup, unfortunately for them. Yeah, I, uh, I'm not sure. I mean, once again, with tight end, it's kind of a position where 
it's it's streamable. You can kind of go week to week on it, or you'll have to start one usually. Um, if I've got him, I mean, I'm holding him. I'm definitely not cutting him because no. if I see Hunter Henry in the waiver, I'm picking it up. But I think he's a, he's a hold steady. Yeah, just be patient with Hunter Henry. Mm-hmm. I think he'll get it. I think he'll his value will definitely go up in the next few weeks. Mm-hmm. Okay, on to injuries and other news. Um, some big injuries this past week. I mean, the most obvious, the most talked about one was Zach Miller. Um, you know, thousand prayers going out to him. That was that was rough, and um, the surgery was successful as far as I've seen. Um, he was at risk of losing his leg if you haven't heard the way it, the way it bent, contorted, all that. So that's crazy. The fact that he almost secured the catch, um, <laughs> they originally rolled a touchdown. The fact that he almost did that while that having that happened just shows the show, you know, how tough he is. Um, and how you know these players earned their pay. You see some of these brutal hits that these guys take, and you're like, wow, okay, uh, yeah, they they earned that money. I would and, see if I if that happened to me, if I caught was you know a tight end and I playing for the Bears and I catch this ball in the end zone, and all of a sudden my leg does that, and I'm in this new situation where I could lose my freaking leg, I'd be done. I'd be like, I'd be like, screw this, I'm out of here. Yeah, he, uh, like, <laughs> he's been in the league a while. I. He may retire. He's. I mean, I, I assume he's out for this season after this. But, yeah. Yeah. For fantasy, I mean, you likely weren't playing him already. Um, so I don't think it changes much. But definitely get well, Zach Miller. Right. Yeah. Thoughts and prayers, man. Mm-hmm. See, Jordan Reed. <laughs> you, you you knew this was coming. I, right. If you picked him, like you had to have a backup option. Um, Didn't it, we just say this last week? We were like, you're probably, you know, when you draft him, you're only going to get like half the, half the games out of the guy. Yeah, at most. But luckily, Vernon Davis is showing like, I mean, like I, I know we mentioned this, Vernon Davis has a lot left in the tank. So if you're Jordan Reedoter, make sure you have Vernon Davis. You can kind of play at like a running back in his handcuff almost. Right. Jordan Reed, when he's in, he's going to be a top uh, tight end star. But God, you just can't stay healthy. This time it's a hamstring. He's had hamstring injuries before, and unfortunately, unfortunately, those are lingering, which means he could uh, he needs to get healthy before he can get back out there. Yeah, I feel you. And so with this, I mean, the most affected would be Vernon Davis um, by this. Do you do you think this elevates any of the receivers by like by chance? Uh, we did see Jamison Crowder start to get a few more looks this past week that. Uh, you were kind of waiting for all season. We talked about last week how Terrell Pryor was certainly a dud, but Jamison Crowder also has been, by all means, a dud if you drafted him, expecting him to do well this year. And he started to uh, click with Cousins this week, whether it was a product of garbage time or not. He did, he did get a few more catches and looks. He had, I think, nine catches on 13 targets, which is what you were expecting from him this year. And I could see his value going up with a little bit more read action on the sideline yeah and this is this was a pretty close game i mean the score there was a pick six at the end that had it a little a little bit less close but yeah it was a close game this is this is something you know you can hold on to a bit if you've been holding on to crowder or if someone got angry and cut it maybe you can pick him up (laughs) um moving on so cole beasley is concussed yeah that's a tough one he's he's he can be a good fantasy asset um for you yeah, he's dangerous there in the slot when uh, Dez is looking for him, or Dak, sorry. <laughs> when Dez is drawing the drawing the coverage. Right. Um, so, I mean, I mentioned this earlier with um, with Cole Beasley out, um, probably out, with Zeke gone. 
this definitely elevates Dez, probably elevates Witten too. Um, and I'd also say look for Bryce Butler to step up. Yeah, we've seen before that uh, Dak seems to like the, uh, Bryce Butler, so I could see him definitely getting a few more looks. Terrence Williams isn't quite having a great year, so I don't know if I'm going to expect him to do well, but I do definitely see Te- uh, Dez getting some more targets. Yeah, um, Flacco, um, everyone saw that hit. <laughs> that was rough. He's likely to play big nine, I've, I've read, but... Really? Yeah. Wow. I mean, I mean, we saw um, it was a Devontae Adams come back from a huge hit, but... Yeah, that one was probably scarier, too, if you were watching. Uh, the Flacco hit, he really hit. I mean, God, he had that look like he just fucking looked into the nether realm, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't yeah, he know was, where he was. He was, he was out. Um, and But the thing is with Flacco, hopefully you weren't playing him um, or any of his receivers. The only people on the Baltimore you'd maybe play would be, I don't know, Javorius Allen or Alex Cousins. Yeah, or the defense. <laughs> <laughs> So, hey, we did say last week, pick up the Baltimore defense. Mm-hmm. Not that we can call two pick sixes going their way, but hey. Hey, it worked out when a, when a team's playing from behind and they're bad, they're going to make mistakes and give them defense opportunities. And then yeah. um, one last one, Devontae Freeman. We saw him miss some drives at the end of the game with a shoulder injury, but um, it's looking like he'll probably be fine. It doesn't, didn't seem too serious. Um the uh, the unfortunate part is this week he's got the Panthers, which yeah, tough game, tough game. But if he's healthy, they'll they'll need him. Um, but I mean, with, yeah, with the way the Atlanta offense is, uh, it's it's definitely tough to play him this coming week. But I don't, I'm not too worried about his long term value. I'm not either. He uh, he's too big of a part of the game plan for him not to be utilized as long as he's out there. And I don't see him missing a whole lot of time. Uh, yeah, he's. They can always rely on Tevin Coleman, but Tevin Coleman is not your every down back. He is your change of pace back. So they do need both of them out there to be effective. I agree. But if Freeman does miss time, Coleman definitely becomes yes. a good play. Because we, we've seen his talent. We've seen him flash it before. So some injuries that have been kind of ongoing that we are going to cover. Andrew Luck, he's probably not coming back this year. Um, I'm just going yeah. to go with that assumption. They've been saying he may play a game or two at the end of the year, but it probably won't matter for you. If they're out of contention, which I believe they already – well, I mean, they're not They're not <laughs> already out of contention, but, yeah. but they're pretty much out of playoff contention. Mm-hmm. I don't see Luck making a return this year, straight up. I agree. Um, Delaney Walker, another one. He just got off the bye, so you, you're going to hope he's able to go. He's questionable for week nine at the moment. I don't believe he practiced today, or at least on Monday. And um, if if he's available, Baltimore does struggle versus the tight end a bit. But um, if he's not back, Joni Smith might be a decent play. Um, or we'll look at um, Corey Davis a bit and talk about him. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then Charles Clay. Um, luckily, they've got Kelvin Benjamin now, so they don't have to really <laughs> play back as much. But Clay is not likely for Week Nine. Nick O'Leary is possibly a good fill-in, but like I said, with Benjamin back. Nicolelli may not see the volume in the past couple of weeks, but if you're really desperate, O'Leary is not the worst play you can take. No, O'Leary has shown that he can uh, step up for them when they need it. Um, he didn't do great this past week against Oakland, but that's probably because he was blocking a hole for most <laughs> of it. Yeah. Clearing the way for uh, McCoy there. Right. Yep. And then lastly, we've got Greg Olson. So he's targeting a week 12 return. Greg Olson is and. This is a situation where I think you can maybe 
if someone's been holding Olsen for a while and they're what four and four, try try to get him. Like if you're a spot where you're six and two, seven and one, and you're starting someone like Nick O'Leary at tight end, or you're you know uh, an unfortunate Jordan Reed owner, um, maybe try to get Kelsey and you know, sorry, maybe try to get Olsen and hold him for um, a couple weeks until he's back. Because now with uh, with Benjamin Khan, um, once Olsen's back, he's gonna be that target hog he is that he was last year with um or in the past that he's been with Benjamin out. That's really surprising that Benjamin got traded to me. Uh, oh, well, man, yeah. We can talk about that later, obviously. But man, that I really thought that he and uh, Cam had a pretty good rapport, and he was part of that team. Yeah, I, I agree there. So next, moving on to players to target that are coming off some injuries. Mm-hmm. Um, Corey Davis is uh, my favorite, I, and I love watching him. I watch his highlights, watching his week one performance. He's he's good. He's savvy. I mean, you'll watch him. Um, one of my favorite things from week one was when Mariota was scrambling, and Corey Davis comes back to the um, to him on on a route and kind of creates some more space than another one where he he has a comeback route and Mariota throws it a bit late instead of sitting and waiting he moves up like towards the quarterback and keeps going on his comeback instead of you know waiting and possibly letting it get picked he's he's one of those rookies along with Juju that's showing a lot more maturity so like I said if Corey Davis there's a decent chance he's available since his bye was last week um, True. I think he's a guy you you definitely target who could really come on these last few weeks since no one's really stepped up in Tennessee yeah, no, I agree. Uh, we haven't seen like a whole lot of production yet, but that's been an injury and buy, and he, I think he's going to make a splash when he finally does come back, especially in that Tennessee offense that really looks to be struggling for some playmakers with, in the wide receiver position. Delaney Walker out, Eric Decker not stepping up. Richard Matthews is doing, is doing adequately, but another that's, guy out there. Yeah, Richard Matthews, I'd say adequate, um, describes his career <laughs> pretty well not yeah. not to bash the guy but yeah. he, i mean the best abilities availability you always hear but i mean he's not a guy you get excited about per se but you know he's, 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 he's a, a startable asset yeah sometimes a good uh dfs option if he's really low and the matchup is good you think he's gonna get the ball a lot but yeah i mean we saw him last year where tennessee was devoid of options get 100 plus targets 65 receptions you know and right nine touchdowns he, he can be really good um when he's kind of the only option but we've seen mario to kind of not fully healthy um so matthews hasn't been the same value he was and one other guy i want to ask about is uh willie sneed what do you what do you think of him going forward uh you know actually <laughs> i i actually do think he is gonna have an impact i really do um but it's been a little bit too long for some people he might be dropped in a couple of leagues because he came back from his suspension and then he had a hamstring injury mm-hmm. so if he if he can get that put together i mean he clearly has a rapport with breeze and it doesn't even matter because breeze can throw it to anybody yeah and like you said earlier we do expect breeze to start slinging it a little more as the season goes on and if he does he can't just be throwing it to michael thomas yeah i mean they've They've been easing him back in a little bit because hamstrings can be aggravated really easy, as we've seen with Corey Davis and other players throughout throughout the years. So, yeah, <laughs> exactly. But um, I mean, you know, with Brandon Cook shipped out, Kobe Fleener being Kobe Fleener. Um, mm-hmm. after Michael Thomas, Ted Ginn's been stepping up, but 
he and Willie Sneed are completely different receivers. Willie Sneed's definitely that slot Cole Beasley type of guy, as opposed to, um, you know, a deep threat in Tetkin. So I, I, it's kind of a Greg Olson situation. If you can maybe snatch him um, for cheap, I would do it. Yeah, I think he's going to be available in a decent amount of leagues. He's, I think he'd be worth the pickup if you just have somebody riding your bench that is basically useless at this point. Just go if you have him available, I would, I would pick him up. All right, on to some other news. You know, trades, sure. suspension news, lots, lots of trade news. Mm. So Ajayi, the Ooh. the big one, the first one, uh, for a yeah. fourth round pick. Which you know, if you're a fantasy guy, uh, fourth round or whatever. But you know. A four, like NFL teams take their draft picks seriously. So yeah, absolutely. Philly was clear in the market for running back. There were definitely rumors about them trying to get running backs from elsewhere. So this definitely, I think this helps Ajayi's value. Now, I think there was a report saying Peterson was like, "Oh, Blunt will still be the starter," but no. Ajayi's clearly, clearly the better running back, and I think he'll eventually start himself. So the issue with that immediately is he's got Denver this week than a buy which you know is rough you've got two buys for a player you drafted you know week one and this next week but i think after um denver and then the bye week he'll probably have asserted himself as the number one guy um with this trade definitely a buy low option probably can buy even lower after last week yeah absolutely he's just i i think it was the best thing that could have happened to the guy straight up I, the dolphins were not utilizing his talent and i don't know if he wasn't utilizing his own talent enough um, out on the field but it's a good it's good that he got a change of pace and with philadelphia i mean that's an opportunity of a lifetime for him they're clearly all in on this season right now they love the way carson wentz is playing and uh i think ajay is gonna steal that uh that backfield from blunt not that blunt has done poorly i think he's done pretty much everything they asked him to do um, but you know, they're very different types of backs. Blunt is your bruising downhill back that likes to charge through people. And Ajay is a little bit shiftier with some breakaway speed. Blunt doesn't quite have that speed that Ajay does. And Carson Wentz, if he can use Ajay as more of a pass down back, which I think they can, this guy's going to be dangerous. Yeah. Cause aside from Blunt, no one else has really stepped up remotely. Small was in his appointment and, you know, Corey yeah. Clement is kind of an unknown. And I think it's funny yeah. that Adam Gase kind of wanted to send a message, you know, oh, if you don't buy in, you're out of here. And, you know, he got shipped to one of the best teams in the league. So right. that's the message I sure showed him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so I guess um, in Miami, um, obviously, there's a void at running back. Is it is it Kenyon Drake or is it Williams? Um, I, mean, I don't even remember Williams' first name. That's how, uh, that's how David, bad he right? – that's how – yeah, Damian Williams. That's that's how bad he is. I mean, not not to crap on a guy who's talented enough to be in the NFL, but of course he has never never shown it. Um, he is listed ahead on the depth chart. Um, Gase has said he's ahead on the depth chart, but which is what I would expect. But man, I don't see this guy getting more than fifty yards in a game. Yeah, I mean. Career average is 3.3 yards per rush, and uh, yeah, it's not very um, inspiring per se. So I, 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 Drake is my guy. I I know he, I might take a bit to get him in there, but he's definitely the more talented back coming out of college. He's been you know the better back, 
um, averaging 4.7 yards per carry on his career, which is, you know, a lot better. Definitely the better receiving back. I both both are worth a shot. Um, I wouldn't spend much on either just because it's probably going to be a split situation. And the Dolphins are garbage, very hot, hot <laughs> garbage down there in Miami. Uh, yeah, it's it's sitting in the sun down there. But that's how the AFC East goes, though. You know, the team that is supposed to be like, oh, this team's going to be competitive with the Patriots this year. They're the team that fucking they they end up last in the division, which is <laughs> unusual because the Dolphins actually have the second or no third. I believe they're third right now. Um, yeah, the, the record's not bad. Yeah, it, but they're just Matt Moore <laughs> can't win a game that he starts. He can only win one when he's the backup. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of Kevin Hogan esque there. Um, so I guess so. Those two running backs take a, maybe take a flyer on each of them, but I I wouldn't expect <laughs> either to save your season. Um, next one is Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, so they've already come out and said he's not going to start this week. Um, too much to learn in, you know, a Shanahan offense, of course. Sure. They're, they're going to roll with Beathard this week. Um, but going forward, I think uh, Jimmy G has a little bit of value, especially in the two-quarterback league, but probably not a guy you're, you're looking to start. But I definitely believe that he'll he'll play better than Hoyer and Beathard, and he definitely elevates the value of the guys. Pierre Garston gets a huge boost from this, in my opinion. Yeah, uh, this is uh, not going to be Beathard's backfield for very long no no and i think it helps hide a bit too i mean there's more respectable quarterback out there they're not, he's not going to get as many stack boxes yeah no absolutely uh once garoppolo does take over which is i don't think it's this week but it, honestly if i had to put money on it i think it's going to be next week then we'll see garoppolo maybe two weeks like it's inevitable Jimmy Garoppolo will definitely get a start at the position because the Niners are going to continue to lose games, um, unfortunately, for their team. They just don't have it all put together. As good as they are, as good as their coaches, and they are sort of in rebuild mode, I just don't see them winning games. When your team isn't winning games, you change things up. And I do see Garoppolo taking the helm, which uh, my immediate benefactor of this is Carlos Hyde, uh, who we talked about being a dud this past week. I think when Scarapolo is in there, you can expect Hyde to be back to your RB1. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. That'll, it'll definitely help him. Um, another guy, Dwayne Brown, the Texans lineman who has held out for most of the season up to this point. I don't think it changes much for uh, the Texans. I mean, we saw Watson be a beast without him. Maybe it hurts Lamar Miller a little bit. Um, so maybe trade high on him. But honestly, I'd probably keep Lamar Miller too because he's been he's been doing well with the threat of Deshaun Watson there. Oh, um, yeah. Lamar Miller's uh, – that was one guy I did want to bring up this week. He is definitely – his value's definitely gotten better with Watson. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Dwayne Brown in Seattle. Do you think Seattle will finally run the ball a bit? Oh, man. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Something has to step up, right? Somebody has to. I don't – I don't – it could end up being Lacey, but man, they both just neither one of them want to do it. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I don't it, know. This helps Russell Wilson. I don't. I still don't think any running backs are going to step up. We, we will say, oh, someone has to step up, but no, no one really has. No one has. <laughs> yeah, so I, I think slight boost to Russell Wilson. That's about all I get from this. Um, but he was already pretty high up. 
He's already getting a decent amount of protection now. The offensive line is playing better now than they were at the start of the year, that's for sure. Um, so having another, some more depth at the O-line was great for the Seattle offense, which is making them a little scarier, too. It's kind of funny. Dwayne Brown must have just gone to Seattle this past week and been like, you know what, I'm, I'm just going to stay here, Coach. <laughs> I, like, I like it here. They won. They beat us. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Lastly, the very surprising move of the day, Kelvin Benjamin. Scott, let me get your initial thoughts on this. Yeah, this one was really weird to me because I really thought that this guy was sort of loved by his team. I know he showed up to training camp. He was a little overweight and fans were getting on him for that. But that's something you can work off. And he definitely has a rapport with Cam Newton. Mm-hmm. Without Kelvin Benjamin, their number one receiver right now is Devin Funchess, which uh, yeah. I like. Why would you as the Panthers running for the top of the division do this? I don't it, – it baffles me. I don't understand the move. Yeah, I mean Cam has been okay. I mean he was great last year without uh, Benjamin, but they don't have – they don't have Olsen anymore, like, at least not at the moment. Um, Funchess has shown some improvement, but I mean – I think obviously Funches is a beneficiary. Hopefully, um, and we'll see how he does against better coverage. Um, McCaffrey to me is the beneficiary of this move. I, Interesting. Yeah, because I mean, all those targets Kelvin Benjamin was getting um, without him there. I mean, some were going to go to Funches, some maybe to Ed Dixon, but yeah. after that, like, I mean, Curtis Samuels has not been what they'd hoped for. I mean, he's still a rookie, but yeah. I mean, this this might be the bump up for McCaffrey you hope for. I mean, a couple more receptions a game, he more chances to break one off like we've seen before. Yeah, I don't, I, I really don't know. I don't know who Cam is going to be throwing <laughs> it to now. Like, Himself. I don't think, fine, yeah, for real, he's the most athletic guy out there. Christian McCaffrey will get a few more targets, absolutely. I don't see Devin Funches having the like the kind of production you'd expect from a number one receiver i really i don't know what it is um yeah i don't i don't i just don't think he's good enough yet me neither beat those top corners um as far as buffalo goes though obviously boost the tie rod um yes shady's value is still probably the same might help a little bit drawing some people away um respect that a bit as far aside from that i mean the tight end might lose a little value but not not a ton but it's definitely a big boost for Tyrod. If he's someone that you picked up off waivers last week to start, or that's still there, he's a highly, um, highly touted quarterback streamer. Between that and you know a contract year, and the Bills actually being competitive, surprisingly, oh, who would have thought? Yeah. <laughs> who would have thought that at the start of this year, the Bills being competitive and trading for someone would be a thing? Yeah, I mean now they have Jordan Matthews and Kelvin Benjamin, and Tyrod has weapons that he can throw to. It's it's just a weird, weird trade. But I love it. I love seeing Buffalo saying, you know what? We're not tanking. We're not rebuilding. We're going for it. We have a good record, and we're going to keep trying to win this freaking division from the goddamn Patriots. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, I, so I just got a notification on my phone that uh, Kelvin Benjamin will immediately start as the Bills' extra receiver. So that's 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 yeah. a good sign. That's a good sign. Um, so next we have um, suspension stuff. Lynch uh, is back from his. I... I don't know what I think about him going forward. Probably about the same as he was beforehand, although he may not get as many carries taken away with the fumbles by the backups this week. Yeah, Marshawn Lynch, I think they're going to start using him more. Um, Probably when the draft started for many fantasy leagues, they warned you, like, don't take this guy in the first round. 
with with good reason. But I think uh, Oakland has sort of realized that they need to be using this guy fully. Or why are you paying him? Because you don't you don't want to pay a guy to be a mascot, mm-hmm. you know. So I, I think Marshawn will will have a, a I don't know bounce back, but I think he'll start doing some work. Yeah, I feel you. And then the main news, uh, Ezekiel Elliott. So as of now, um, no new news on Peel that I've uh, seen yet. He's got another one scheduled for tomorrow, so we'll see. But as of now, um, you got to start looking at his back, especially if you have Zeke. Um, luckily, he'll be back for the last uh, couple of weeks of the season for your playoffs. But right yeah. now, Jerry Jones, I've being Jerry Jones, of course, said that uh, Morris will start and uh, McFadden and Rod Smith will both get their shots after him. But I don't I don't know if I buy it. I mean, Morris has shown the ability to play this year. He certainly still got some in the tank, but there's one thing we know about Alfred Morris. He's not necessarily the most durable or reliable back. I mean, neither is McFadden. But of course, if if I'm the Zeke owner, I mean, I'm trying to have both of them. You probably already have McFadden if you're the Zeke owner. But I, I wouldn't spend a ton just because I think this is going to be a timeshare. Yeah, uh, that O line, I think anyone can run behind it. Alfred Morris just hasn't looked the same since he was in that nice option offense with RG3. Mm-hmm. I actually like McFadden a little more, which is weird because this I is agree. the first time I've ever said that I like Darren <laughs> McFadden. This guy is injury-prone as hell. But if he's not getting you know, 20 carries a game where he can get injured as much, I think McFadden is – has a little bit more edge to him than Morris. I don't see Morris with the breakaway speed. Yeah, I, I agree. And uh, Rod Smith is obviously the deep, deep option. Um, they they don't yeah. know what they have. <laughs> so, I, I mean, he's he's kind of a bigger back. So if, if Morris and McFadden both, um, you know, are themselves um, to an extent or get hurt, <laughs> um, Rod Smith might be an option. But I think this is just going to be kind of a messy split, which if I'm the Zeke owner, I'm going to try to have McFadden and or Morris. But it's kind of tough. Um, yeah, it's it's a, it's an unfortunate situation, but at least you'll probably have Zeke back for the playoffs, barring yeah. getting pushed back more. I think Morris will get the goal line carries. Yeah. If I had to guess, like first and goal, they're going to give it to Morris, mm-hmm. which is, you know, that, that always helps. It's important, yeah. Moving on to waiver wire pickups. Um, some guys we already talked about, you know, uh, Juju, Tyrod. Uh, mm-hmm. Corey Davis, Jack Doyle, um, some guys you definitely want to try to get on your team. I think Juju is a guy you might spend a fair amount of your fab budget on, depending on what you have left, um, because I think he'll be consistent the rest of the year. Tyrod, I mean, depending on quarterback availability a little bit. Um, Doyle, if you're struggling at tight end, I'd I'd pay about 10% for him. And then Corey Davis, you can probably get him for pretty cheap if he's not owned right now, because if he's not owned, that means everyone else has probably forgotten about him. Yeah, I agree with uh, Corey Davis on that, especially. And, and Tyrod is one because a lot of teams, he's just, they don't, a lot of uh, fantasy leagues, he's not owned mm-hmm. just straight up. And he's a pretty popular streaming option, but now he's got Kelvin Benjamin, you know. Uh, pretty, pretty decent schedule. Like, yeah. yeah, I think he's definitely a guy uh, to hold on to if you've got him already. Um, do you want to hit me with some more waiver wire pickups? Yeah, sure. So, yeah, so. This past week was kind of frustrating with uh, your Vikings running backs. <laughs> if you, uh, do I want to tell people to pick up Jarek McKinnon? He seems to be getting the passing. Yeah, uh, he's probably already owned. But... Yeah, at this point. He might have been dropped. He might have been, yeah. 
Um, another guy is Matt Breda. He, he probably owned in a decent amount of leagues, but certainly probably about not. Probably owner, yeah. Yeah, only in the uh, the larger ones. He's always uh, certainly worth it. He did have a <clears throat> touchdown this week, boosted his fantasy value. He probably won't do that every week. But I do like Matt Breda moving forward, especially with the Niners offense changing and developing each week. Yeah, he's definitely um, a handcuff to look to. Or, you know, Hyde gets hurt a lot. So that's definitely um, yeah. a possibility. Um, let's see. Another... Um, Another guy I look at would be Alex Collins. He 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 showed up this week. Um, he's had some fumble issues, but the team showed you know when they're ahead, they'll definitely go to him. I mean, Javorius is the passing down back, but Alex Collins is clearly the more talented runner. Yeah, it's it's difficult with the Ravens because they do have that bit of a committee style. But yeah. I, you're yeah, right. I think Alex Collins is is the more talented running back. It's just a matter of will he get the uh, ability to prove himself. Yeah, the only issue with him is, you know, Terrence West may be coming back, but it's Terrence West. He's kind of bad. He's bad. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. And then, I've never had faith in Terrence West, unfortunately. Yeah, what Woodhead um, will be coming back in a few weeks, but I, I think he's more to Javorius Allen's touches as opposed to Alex Collins. Yes, agreed. Very much. Yeah. Um, another guy um, who showed up this week um, who's been hurt, uh, Rex Burkhead. Um, you know, the, the Patriots backfield is a mess. I I may be looking at him. Um, for me, it's him or Dion Lewis that I want to have. Is, yeah. But even then, how much confidence can you have starting one of these guys? Unless you're running back needy, um, which you know a lot of people probably are. So worth a shot. But I, I, I don't. I'm not inclined to drop a whole lot of my fab on a lot of these guys or put them too on my priority. But it's it's a Patriots offense, like it's high powered. So especially in a PPR league, Burkhead could be worth a look. Yeah, it's the Patriots committee backfield. It, I mean, they're going to score touchdowns. It's just who is it going to be? I don't. Exactly. I don't like Rex Burkhead. I do like Deion Lewis, though. I like. I think Lewis will be your more consistent uh, points, whereas Burkhead. Uh, God, if you could sell him uh, for something right now, go for it. I don't. I don't like Burkhead. I mean, Burkhead's going to get your goal line touch like Gillisley if they don't just if they decide not to use Gillisley that week. Uh, he's just not consistent enough for me, and that's something that I take into pretty big consideration. Yeah, it's it's kind of messy. Um, one other guy I want to mention who had a huge week is Paul Richardson. Oh, um, yeah. What what do you put into this? Do you think this is? I mean, obviously it's definitely higher than you'd uh, you'd expect most weeks, but do you think this is a trend or a blip? Um, I think it's a bit of a blip, I have to say. I don't think that he's going to be ignored. Like, I don't think he's going to get zero points next week or anything like that. But I don't see him getting two touchdowns and, what, 125 yards or whatever it was, 105 moving forward. Um, the And it's purely because Russell Wilson really spreads the ball around. He mm-hmm. does, like – some weeks it's Jimmy Graham. Jimmy Graham had two touchdowns this week. He had two touchdowns. And Doug Baldwin was kind of quiet. Yeah. Some weeks it might be Doug Baldwin who gets the two touchdowns, and it's Paul Richardson who gets three catches for 28 yards, you know? Yeah, with with the Seattle receivers, like outside of Doug Baldwin and Jimmy Graham, like I mean, Jimmy Graham got the targets. Doug Baldwin will get the targets. Sometimes converted to points, but 
I mean, outside of that, you know, with Richardson and uh, Tyler Lockett, like you never know who it's going to be or possibly none of them. I- I'm definitely putting a little bit on Paul Richardson, you know, in mm. case he steps up in that wide receiver two role, but I'm not, I'm not banking everything on him. No, he's, I mean, before last week, he'd been getting roughly two catches a game, two yes, to three. That's... And that can change. Absolutely. Uh, after the bye week, he's, you know, gotten 166 yards, three touchdowns. But uh, I'm hesitant on it. I'm hesitant mm-hmm. on him. Also, Tyler Croft, just not going to talk about him too much, but if he's available and you're struggling at tight end, you know, another guy, Andy Dalton, is kind of bad. He'll probably dump it off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, do you have any uh, deeper league pickups? Ed Dixon could get a few more targets with Calvin Benjamin gone. Mm-hmm. Um We've seen him before when he is given the opportunity. He can be a good tight end, too. But other than that... It was a look for those handcuffs. Um, James Conner, Malcolm Brown. If, if you're the owner of uh, the starters there, obviously grab them. If you got extra room on your bench, you know, maybe try to sneak them. And uh, if, the, if the worst were to happen to Le'Veon or uh, Todd Gurley, you'd, you'd be prepared. Um, other guys, um, some stashes and maybe two quarterback leagues. Blaine Gabbert, uh, I probably wouldn't anyway. Uh, but Teddy Bridgewater is a guy who, even in one quarterback leagues, might be worth a look. Um, he's a talented guy, and Case Keenum has been doing well. Bradford may not even come back this year. Um, right. So once, once Teddy's healthy, he'll probably get the shot. Yeah, no, I absolutely think Bridgewater will take the starting position once he comes back. They just need to ease him into it. He actually had a very similar leg injury to what uh, – Zach Miller had a year ago. So they're definitely being careful with him. He was the same situation, dislocated knee. He's very talented, though, uh, like Bridgewater. And that offense needs a little spark to it because they're winning games, but they're not pretty. They're just so, they're solid. Mm-hmm. And the team is in uh, contention right now. They're leading the NFC North, I think, by two games. It's it's crazy. I mean, with the Rodgers injury, that uh, division is wide open. But, I mean, the Vikings are a good team, like yeah. a good team around that quarterback. So, I mean, whoever's in there has a good chance to succeed. And the Lions, who knows what's going on with them? Uh, such, such is um, the, such is the Detroit Lions. Lions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on to um, our super fun, exciting, extra important segment on uh, defenses and kickers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, as as uh, requested. Um, by the guy who I'm looking at right now. Um, uh, my uncle Caleb requested um, a segment on this because he said no one ever talks about it. So uh, here we are. It's not going to be a super long segment, but if you're interested, um, Scott, hit me with a defense that you think would be a, a great choice this week. Yeah, I do kind of like the Eagles against Denver if they're available. Uh, Denver's been really just sucking offensively. <laughs> That's a pretty good uh, defense to start against them. Yeah, you're either getting... Simeon or Osweiler, so I want the defense against that. Paxton Lynch, though. <laughs> I, I feel like if they hit three and six or three and seven, four and eight, whatever. Mm-hmm. And if it if it's coming to the end of the year and they barely have a shot at five hundred, I think Lynch sees the field. Yeah, I can see it, and so that's why Eagles are a pretty solid option, I think. Um, and they've been pretty decent. I mean, the run defense is great. Um, they, they're pretty opportunistic. Um, I think Ronald Darby is back or coming back. One of those. He's getting healthier. Um, mm-hmm. Another defense I like, New Orleans. Um, there's a good chance they're owned off of that huge week against Detroit, but um, maybe they True. got dropped. Maybe they're getting dropped after this past week. Um, they bring Tampa 
in um I, I mean it's if Jamin's Winston is playing his mistake riddled football, if the Bucks are being the Bucks, um then I mean New Orleans has shown the ability to really, you know, shut down a team, really kind of stifle a team's confidence. Yeah, uh, what Jameis Winston are we going to get? The one that's geared up for a division game and can throw for 400 yards or the Jameis Winston that got three points? Yeah, Texans are a pretty good option this week as well if they're available. Um, they had a bye uh, the week before, so they might be available, and they just stunk uh, defensively against Seattle. I mean, they didn't stink, but, you know, they did give up 41 points to Seattle. I see them having a decent week against uh, division rivalry Colts who are just, you know, reeling offensively. Their offensive line is miserable and they just really can't seem to get anything going. Chuck Pagano is still somehow the head coach at this point. Uh, so, yeah, I like the Texans this week if they're available. Yeah, I also like um, Carolina if they're not owned, um, the reeling Atlanta squad. Um, as a Falcons <laughs> fans, it hurts me a bit to say this, but. Um, uh, yeah, they've been they've been struggling. Um, they should have put up more against the Jets. Um, they struggled against the Patriots, and I can see uh, Carolina giving some problems too. Yeah, and uh, going along with that, the Bills' defense against the Jets is a solid play this week. Uh, yeah. They're probably going to get you. I would say they're probably going to get you ten points. Now, the problem with the Jets is that they seem to be starting off games pretty well, but the one uh, huge flaw they have, and I've been just a hallmark of Todd Bowles as a head coach is they are just incapable of making second half adjustments <laughs> and the bills defense is really good. So even if the jets start off the game strong, I see the bills defense dominating them. Yeah. So, they've, they've held down some pretty good offenses that are much better than the jets, um, despite the recent play. Um, right. Moving on to kickers. Um, you, you want to play your kickers against San Fran and Indy, you know, they're <laughs> terrible defense, a lot of, a lot of points to kickers. So, Phil Dawson, um, especially on an offense that won't leave the ball much. And then um, Kaimi Fairbain, I think I said that right, the kicker <laughs> for the Texans. Um, I think you got it right. Yeah, the kicker for the Texans, I mean, they're going to score a lot of points. Um, I mean, I can see him getting seven points off of just extra points this game. Um, and if he has a field goal to, you know, five extra points, that's an eight-point day for kicker. But, you know, you'll take it. Or if it's a long field goal, maybe more. So I think uh, also a good choice there. Um I'm going to say the Dallas kicker, um, possibly yeah. Nugent or Bailey, and then Jake Elliott. Yeah, if you can uh, – I don't I don't know if Bailey is back this week. I do like Nugent or Bailey regardless against Kansas City. I see that being a pretty good kicker game. Um, on top of that, Harrison Butker, eh, he had a great game last week. I don't know if I love him on the road against Dallas, but he should still do pretty serviceable. And I do also like Matt Prater, who's most likely owned in most leagues – but against uh, Green Bay, Green Bay's defense is going to have to step up to keep this game close. So I expect Matt Prater to get a few kicks in there. Yeah, the, the big thing with kickers is just watch the weather. Um, like I said, with the, with Philly, um, Jake Elliott, sometimes the weather in Philly can be rough. Um, you know, in Green Bay, if it gets too cold and gross and windy and all that. So it, like, just just watch defense on the kickers. Same with the uh, just watch the weather on the kickers. Same with defenses. You know, bad weather can help the defense. Yeah. Um, yeah. So lastly, here we are with our predictions for the upcoming week. So we're just going to go through, um, you know, how Vegas has it set up and say if we agree or disagree. But um, first, before we get to that, let's talk our locks and upsets just real quick because we've kind of dragged this one open a bit. So we'll uh, 
hit you with them kind of quickly. I, I'm going to say my lock of the week is uh, Philly against Denver. Um, kind of an easy pick. But, you know, Denver's not like a terrible team. Um, but I, I, Philly is great. They're trending up. Um, Denver is trending way, way down. I don't know if there is more down than straight down, but that's where they're going. My upset of the week. Hmm, who am I going to pick? Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> All right. Um, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna go with it. I'm gonna say San Francisco will beat Arizona. Um, not Ooh. not not too bold or anything. Um, Arizona's favored by two points, but when you're going against Drew Stanton, anything's possible, you know. Um, Arizona's not really <laughs> that good. Um, this could be the game where C.J. Bedford makes the 49ers question getting Garoppolo. No, I'm kidding. That won't happen. But uh, yeah, this. I, I think this is definitely a very winnable game for San Francisco at home against a reeling Cardinals team. Very nice. Okay. Yeah, I like that. I can see that happening. Uh, let's see. Lock of the week. And just, so well knows, um, yeah, just so everyone knows, yeah, just so everyone knows, we we uh, we pretty much are doing this on the spot, so this is kind of a gut feeling thing. Right. Um, and we did pretty well last week. We are yeah. we are locks as Kansas City and the Bengals, and <laughs> barely oh, that scared me. Oh man, that Bengals game. Our upset wasn't too far off. Um, you know, it was a close game the whole time. Um, the Travis yeah. Benjamin ordeal kind of hurt. Who was who was the other upset of the week we picked? Or that no, you that picked was, yeah, that was the upset. We both wanted the Chargers to win that one. Yeah, so if I have to do a lock and upset of the week, I'm going to go with uh, my gut here. And my lock of the week, believe it or not, is going to be the Jaguars against Cincinnati. I don't Ooh. see the uh, Jaguars... At home, losing this one off a bye. I think Leonard Fournette is back. Cincinnati straight up should have lost last week. Oh, <laughs> like man, the, yeah. They're, they were picking down. Picking them as my lock was scary. <laughs> like, oh, my goodness. I don't think the Colts are, like, particularly good. And if Gene, um, Dunlap doesn't get that pick six at the line, yeah. then they might have lost that game. And Which... <sighs> but the Bengals are clearly just – the Bengals right now and i'm going with uh jacksonville as my lock um if we're going to do an upset though yeah whenever we pick these upsets we always you know it's it's always picking a vegas uh underdog yeah so i can't believe arizona's actually favored <laughs> that's scary yeah so i am gonna take because why not i'm gonna take the atlanta falcons to beat the panthers uh they are currently underdogs and while Atlanta hasn't shown like a lot of greatness lately, I really don't like Carolina trading Kelvin Benjamin. And the Panthers are super inconsistent. They just lost one of their best receivers. So, yeah, I'm going to take the Atlanta Falcons to upset in Carolina. I like that. I like that. These, those divisional games are always uh, close. They're, yeah, they're a little bit of a toss-up whenever yeah. you have a divisional game. Yeah, I, I could see the Giants maybe, maybe beating the Rams too, but I, I'm not going to call that one. Um, Ooh, all right, so, yeah, I didn't, yeah. <laughs> and then, so here we're just going to go through real quick, um, say the game, say who we like, um, you know, just snap, snap back and forth. So, uh, Buffalo and Jets, I've got Buffalo. Yeah. I like Buffalo in this one. I love it if the Jets could pull out a win here, but <laughs> they, like I said, they, they're, they're not losing games because of their players. They're losing games because of their coaching. They're, they were beating the Falcons, at, you know, at halftime. They were up in the past few games. They've been 
had the lead and lost it because they cannot make adjustments after halftime. And Buffalo's defense is going to punish them for that short game Thursday. No, no Wilkerson is probably going to be out. I think Shady's going to run all over them. Yeah. Um, next one, Denver, Philly. Like I said, I've got Philly. Yeah, I like Philly in this one. I mean, it's. I'm not going to pick against Philly. They're going. They're playing too well. Denver's just lackluster. Could Denver get the upset? Yeah, they have the defense to be able to do anything really. But I like Philly. Yeah. Um, next one, we've got Rams and Giants. Um, this is a close one. I. I know I didn't. Say, I said I wasn't going to pick it, but I'm actually going to pick the Giants here. Really, you're going to pick yeah. the Giants? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, 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 I'm going to take the Rams. I like the uh, Rams offense. And Norris Jenkins is suspended, which opens up that secondary. Oh, I did forget about that. Uh, okay, I forgot about that. I changed my pick for the Rams. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about the Jordan Jenkins suspension, which you know it definitely helps Sammy Watkins. By the way, uh, you could be a buy low guy, or if someone got mad and dropped him. Decent look. Um, next up, we've got Tampa and New Orleans. New Orleans, yeah. Yeah, I'm taking New Orleans. New Orleans looks great right now. They're winning games with their running. I think Breeze is going to have a field day against that Buccaneers defense, though. Yeah, yeah uh, I agree. <clears throat> next up, Cincinnati and Jacksonville. Your lock of the week. You obviously like Jacksonville. I like Jacksonville, yeah. too. Okay. Not much there. Uh, Atlanta, Carolina. Um, oh, man, this is tough as a Falcons fan. Um <laughs> Man, you're like, you know, I'll go with Atlanta on, on this one, too. I think um, Carolina might not have enough on offense to do it. I, I feel you there. Yeah, and I, it's not that the Atlanta defense is particularly good or bad, but they are, like, certainly adequate. They're pretty middle of the road, and Cam Newton just – I don't know which Cam I'm going to get each Sunday. Yes, I mean, you never really know. Um, let's see, Indy, Houston, Houston. Uh, yeah, you know, if uh, Deshaun Watson wasn't the all-star that he's playing at right now, I'd actually probably take the Colts in the upset because, you know, divisional. Yeah, if this were Tom defense. Savage. But, you know. Yeah, if this was Tom Savage, I'd probably take the Colts. But I like Deshaun Watson to battle pretty well. Yeah, I is. do think Indi- uh, Indianapolis will put up some points. Mm-hmm. Uh, Baltimore, Tennessee. There's not a line for this game yet, actually. Um, I'm going to... I'm going to go with Tennessee. I think Mariota's probably healthier after the bye. I, I mean, it's coming off the bye. That's the main reason I'm going to pick Tennessee. This is a tough one. Um, yeah, Baltimore is, is just so freaking annoying. Mm-hmm. They, they're they only one game behind the Steelers. Isn't that <laughs> unbelievable? Like, with everything as bad as some of the losses as they've had and as dominating as they've had, there's just one game behind the Steelers. Oh, man. So who do you got? In Tennessee, you know what? I'll stick with Tennessee. Tennessee. <laughs> All right, uh, Arizona, yeah. San Fran. I've got San Fran, as I said. Just, just flip a really yeah, crappy same. coin. It's <laughs> <laughs> like oh, a man. really old penny you just found. You gotta flip it. It might have some gum on one side, but that's what you're going here. Yeah, I'm still gonna take Arizona because I think the Niners are gonna lose again, so that Garoppolo will start the next week. So I'm still gonna go with Arizona, even with Drew Stanton. I like uh don't like Drew Stanton at all as a quarterback and their offense might be terrible, but this but San Fran is still a winless team. Uh, next up Washington, Seattle. I've gotta go Seattle at home against Washington with a still kind of banged up line. Yeah, this is a very interesting game. I think Washington and Seattle have played each other quite a few times in the past few years and it goes back and forth a lot. But in Seattle, 
with the win that Seattle just had and the way that team is looking, I'm, I'm taking the Seahawks. Yeah, um, Kansas City at Dallas. Um, assuming the Zeke suspension holds up, I'm going Kansas City. Um, if somehow Zeke gets the play, uh, I'm going to go Dallas, but probably Kansas City then. This is a great game, and I can't yeah. wait to watch it straight up. Um, I'm going to take Dallas in this one. I like the Chiefs, and I think they're great. Dallas has a full head of steam right now and a lot of momentum, and I think they can find a way to win without Zeke. I think they're going to be the ones challenging the Eagles for that NFC East spot. Yeah, I, I, I agree there. Um, Oakland at Miami. Um, I'll, I, I'm obviously going to pick Oakland. Um, as, a, as a Raiders fan, but it wasn't, I hesitated. It wasn't as easy as it should be. Um, it'll, it'll probably be Jay Cutler back there, but. Uh, Is Jay uh, Cutler going to be back? Yeah, he actually might, won't he? Yeah, but yeah, I'm definitely, I'm still going to go Oakwood in this game. Uh, man, what a, what a night game we're treated to. Oh yeah. Oakland, <laughs> Miami. That's horrible. Yeah, man. This that's kind of crappy. Um, Ndamukong Sue and Cameron Wake are going to give him some trouble, we, mm-hmm. but we just saw the worst performance by the Dolphins I've ever seen. They just got <laughs> Jay I, I don't see Miami having any type of run game, which is not going to help Jay Cutler out whatsoever, so I am going to take the Oakland Raiders. And I expect Lynch to get some nice carries in prime time. Yeah, yeah, I see. Lastly, on Monday night, we've got Detroit at Green Bay. Um <laughs> Man, uh, Green Bay off the bye here. Um, what what are you thinking here, Scott? Man, Detroit, what is going on with that? I know, man. That's I mean, we say that all the time, but we thought they were better. I don't we I don't know. They were better. But the Steelers Steelers are picking up. Um, I the the Lions in in Lambeau. I mean, there's no Rodgers, but I I can't get behind it. It's it's cursed to me. I'm gonna go Green Bay here. And I totally understand where you're coming from, honestly. Because uh, I can see Brett Hundley beating this team, but I am going to pick Detroit just because they've lost too many in a row now. Come on, get your shit together, Lions. You can win this division. You just beat the Packers. That's it. <laughs> but beat the Aaron Rodgers Packers. You can do it. Yeah, oh, we we think they can, but you know, <laughs> the I'm Lions. expecting a lot of field goals in this one. Unfortunately, you know, I. Uh... I, I can uh, I can get on board with that one. You know, maybe it's a Mason Crosby game. He goes back to being the best kicker, um, <laughs> as much as that means. But, um, <laughs> all right, everybody, cool. that will do it for the Mozzie and the Muscle podcast episode two for our week eight review and week nine preview. Um, we would love to have any feedback you guys have, any comments or questions. Um, if we start getting some questions, we can possibly do a, you know, mailbag section yeah we were definitely talking about having a section like that just people sending in their questions who should i start this week or who do you like in this game so yeah yeah and i guess i'll close out the show with a little uh, tidbit um i did actually get a request from our friend james jolly to talk about um roster matchup based choices um but, you know like if you get two guys who are similar um in point projections who do you play um mm. a certain week um, a key thing um, that some people may not uh, think about is, um, you know, the, cor- the correlations between your players and your opponent's players or your own players. Um, if you've got a running back and a quarterback on the same team, um, that's going to have a lower variance than a, you know, um, a quarterback and receiver on the same team, which means, you know, 
their success isn't necessarily tied to each other. So if you're the favorite, you want you want a lower variance. You want players whose performance is not tied to each other. Um, if you're the underdog, you want some variance. You want you know possibly a quarterback receiver connection to blow up. And you know if your opponent's got um, let's say Drew Brees, you want to play Michael Thomas to try to cap his upside or you know stuff stuff like that. Um, you know playing a running back. Say you've got Doug Martin and he's going against you know Carolina. If you play both, you kind of you know cap your upside, but your floor is a little better because both aren't gonna crap the bed. So um, just kind of a little uh, general strategy thing to end the show on. Scott, you have anything to add? Uh, no, I think that about sums it up, AJ. Yep, yep. All right. So thank you for joining us on Mozzie and the Muscle, and we'll see you all next week. Thank you.